the great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, good morning, and thanks for tuning in, making uh, News Talk KBOI, Casper and Chris show, part of your life. We appreciate it. You can always be more of a part of the show and participate by calling us. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you uh, would like to get in, you can also email Mike at KBOI.com. Don't, don't email Chris. That'll wake him up because he's on vacation this week. Rick Worthington is be fun, uh, though. filling in. Hi there, Mike. Hello. How are you today? Um, I'm doing good. Gasoline, I noticed, dropped another two cents a gallon overnight from the time I went home yesterday to the time I came to work this morning. So That's not the worst news we've ever heard. $4.77. At this rate, I'm thinking uh, by the end of October, we should be down to what the rest of the country is. Wow. <laughs> Am I bitter? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> rest of the average price for the rest of the country um, is now at around $4 or less than $4, yet we're still here in the Treasure Valley uh, above four seventy mm-hmm. uh, a gallon. I, I I'm happy that it's dropping. I wish it could drop a little bit quicker, but no, it's not not doing that. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's also let me see. This is Thursday. Rain happened on Monday, so we're still. There was a little rain yesterday. Yeah, there was a lot of rain at my house. Oh, was it? Yeah, had a thunder and lightning storm. I didn't get to see any night. of the uh, thunder or lightning, uh, but it did make for mowing the lawn a little easier. Uh, in the evening time i'm not sure we got thunder and lightning here in the uh boise area it was mostly over the Owyhees, but it was a pretty brilliant light show at about 10 o'clock last night when i uh let the dog out one final time i don't know if that had anything to do with uh alexa being down this morning i had to get out of bed and unplug alexa because that's how i set my alarm in the morning now, was it alexa or was it your internet was not working? uh alexa you sure? Yeah, because if the internet's not working, Alexa wouldn't go off. My alarm wouldn't work. The uh, Alexa alarm was going off. It went off on the right time and when it was supposed to, but it wouldn't shut off. Alexa, shut off the alarm! I finally, after cussing at it a few times, realized that she wasn't listening, so I had to get up out of bed and unplug Alexa oh, to get it to stop. It was horrible. Humanity. And if you think that was miserable, when I left the house this morning... I had to turn off all my lights by hand. <laughs> it, oh, my God, the horror. I almost forgot how. We, well, have, a, we have a smart house, so all I have to do know, when I like leave It's like riding a bike, thankfully. you can. All I have to do is, Alexa, turn off the lights, and she'll turn off the lights. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had to do that by hand this morning, and I almost forgot how. <laughs> I'm only laughing with you, Mike. <laughs> only laughing with you. First world problems, right? But yeah. it, it does give... Um, you know, thought if there was an attack, you know, a lot of people believe World War III won't be done with missiles, bombs, and conventional warfare. Sure. That it'll be attack on uh, our systems, our water systems, our electric grid, um, our Wi-Fi. Yeah, society inter- internet. as opposed to on the battlefield. You know, it, it gives you a view into just... What would happen? And granted, I mean, our our parent, grandparents, and great grandparents all had to live without the internet and all this electrical stuff, you know. So it could be done, but in this day and age, just how much we count on, you know, that type of stuff—the internet, mm-hmm. Wi-Fi, 
all that stuff to do our jobs and to get around and get get to work and things like that. Um, just how much damage that that would do, and and you realize why, you know, there are people that predict that you know if World War Three comes, it's not going to be fought in the battlefield. It's going to be fought with the electric grid, the you know power grid, uh, things mm. things like that, the internet. Um, shooting you back into the dark dark ages with ever, without ever having uh, to fire a shot. You know, I I always thought that uh, the the end of the world or the World War Three scenario is biological in nature. You think? Yeah, that it it's not about great big weapons. It's about the smallest of all things like germs and bacteria. Don't have to worry about that now. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about this. We told you about the polio. Um, being discovered first time in decades in New York. Uh, Europe now has found that polio is in the wastewater in London, and they are advising that everybody, all kids under the age of nine years old in Europe, get a polio booster shot. They're talking a million booster shots in uh, London because some of the areas that uh, they're finding the polio in the wastewater, um, very low vaccination rates. I see. And there is no cure for polio, by the way. If you get it, you have it. All you can do is stop from getting it, hopefully, and the vaccine is uh, like 99% effective. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to come back. You see the uh, story, speaking of war, Ukraine and Russia, where they're battling out near the uh, nuclear power plant, and they're uh, afraid because they keep bombing the power plant, Russia does. Uh-huh. It reminds me, it was a broken arrow. Stop <laughs> firing at the nuclear power plant. Yes. <laughs> I remember I, that. I didn't say that. I said, stop firing at it, the yeah. thermal nuclear weapon. Yes. <laughs> stop firing Just, at the thermal nuclear fountain. Fa- I, I get that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what the heck? Russia doesn't think that if uh, they have a nuclear radioactive leak that that's not going to affect i mean ukraine is on the border of russia russia of anybody should know the dangers of a power plant are you thinking about chernobyl yeah because i was watching a a documentary about that the other day and it's just scary it is so it's just so scary it's weird that there's that they're letting this go and they're like come on people you, you should know that you shouldn't be firing at a uh, nuclear power plant. Um, you know, they're, they're asking to allow fighting to stop around this plant so that they can get experts in and stabilize the thing. That'd be nice. Yeah. Let's not let nuclear explosion and or contamination ruin. I guess that would be one way to get uh, Russia out of Ukraine, right? There's a nuclear That's a good way to get power out, plant. Yeah, everybody like, out of Ukraine. Exactly. Yeah. Also, uh, today's Thursday. That's uh, it means it's Tuesday, your Friday, Wednesday, Thursday. more or less. It's my Friday. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a few days off. Headed to McCall. Uh, my son and I play in a uh, golf tournament every year, so we're headed up there to play it's in a golf Nathaniel tournament. It's the Nathaniel and Worthington show tomorrow. Um, you forgot one one very important person. Somebody else going to be here? Yeah, Nate Nate Shellman, from what I understand, is uh, going to be filling in for me. So you don't have me to kick around I anymore. Thought, you I get to kick they, around Nate Shellman for now. I meant Nathaniel. I, I thought. <laughs> no. Not not Nathaniel. Not Nathaniel. Nate, Nate. Yeah, Nathaniel Nate. will be here. Yeah, but it it's will Nate, be. not Nathaniel. Yeah. Ah, crap! <laughs> not coming in tomorrow. Oh, fun stuff for you. The uh, Dow futures, after being up closing yesterday, five hundred points. All three indexes closed up. Nasdaq, by the way, officially 
Get this. Remember how we were talking about how the NASDAQ was in bear territory, was down 20-some-odd percent? Yeah. Um, it's now uh, officially in bull territory. Hey! <laughs> in just a short amount of time. I guess we um, don't have to use the R word after all. NASDAQ is uh, up uh, over 20 points over the last 30 days. Dow is up 206 points this morning. Um now, granted, these are the futures. And sure. Opening will be in 45 minutes, but it's looking like it's going to get off to a good start uh, again today. Um, we'll talk with Nick Daniels about what's going on and why the continuing uh, good news uh, as far as those people who have money in the Internet. If you have a 401K, a retirement, IRA, um, you're probably loving what's been going on for the past 30 days. Anyway, that's some of the stuff coming up here for you this morning. As I mentioned, uh, the uh, phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Oh, I, I forgot. We're also going to be talking about uh, book banning again. Well, that's good. This time, not in a school library. Well, that's not good. In a regular library. I saw this. This is, come on. Yeah, I, I have some pretty strong feelings about this, and we'll share that coming up here for you this morning. Plus, we'll be looking for your input. Right now, though, so happy. Uh, it's time for a look at sports. I don't know if uh, I'm going to be so yeah, happy on we'll the do first that. story. We'll do that because but... you didn't talk about it at the beginning of the show. I'll go ahead and talk about the Mariners. <laughs> this update brought to you by <laughs> Fat Guy. Well, I got yelled at so many times yesterday for talking about sports. You know, you have you have to give it to me a little bit. I am so giddy. The Mariners have never been to the World Series. It's been twenty plus years since they've been to the playoffs. I it, it, it's looking good right now. So you have to give me a little bit of leeway on yeah, this. Well, we'll we'll, this we'll update, uh, credit you for that. This update, by the way, is brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, uh, both Meridian and in East Boise, the place to go for lunch. They're open both locations Monday through Saturday, beginning at ten thirty in the morning. Get in for lunch today. We always like it when the Stankies lose. Mm-hmm. Haggerty trying to ignite something here. Two two pitch from Cortez. Swing on line drive down the left field line. He's got a chance. Stay fair. Stay fair. Yeah. It's off the foul pole, it's Sam Haggerty. Has electrified the Mariners again. A home run to give the Mariners a one nothing lead here. Well, that's just how they got it started. Sam Haggerty has been the MVP over the last month for the Mariners. He's a um, rookie little guy who plays everywhere, doesn't have a doesn't have one position that he plays really fast, and he's batting over four hundred over the last month. Well, you'll take it when yes. you can find it. The Yankees. The Yankees did come back, though, and they led late in the ball game until... Infield pulled around to the right, and he drives one right field. That ball is going back. Giddy up, gone! Home run, Carlos Santana! And the Mariners have a 4-3 lead. Carlos breaks it 0 for 17 with home run number 11, and the Mariners, man, are they chopping it up here at T-Mobile Park. Abreu, hands on hips, can't believe he just gave up a two-run jack. (laughs) Call on Cairo Radio. The Mariners take the 4-3 lead on the Yankees. That was in the seventh inning, and this is the great thing about the Mariners this season is the bullpen in the last couple of innings. Number one in Major League Baseball. Gotta love it. Yeah. So the Yankees have now lost two in a row to the Mariners, and they uh, close out the series today, as I recall. No, they're done. They are done. Okay, it was Uh, walk away. They end the season. Get away day. Four and six against the Yankees, the Mariners do. And the, and the uh, Yankees have lost eight of ten. Four of those losses have come to the Mariners. Well, I'm not too worried about it yet. And if I was a Yankees fan, I wouldn't get all that no, they're, geeked the, up about it. They're still in first place. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're still, in still first a place. good ball club. 
KBOI News Time is 618. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Chris Walton on uh, vacation for another couple of days. Rick Worthington filling in. Sorry um, about that. Tomorrow, by the way, uh, you are in for a treat, or either, either that or this is fair warning. Yeah, hor- uh, horrifying to some. N- Nate Shellman will be uh, filling in. He's doing double duty tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Really, thank yeah. you, Nate, for filling in on the show for me so that I can uh, get to McCall, take a couple days off, uh, and then next week I'll be gone Monday and Tuesday also. Rick will be back in here uh, filling in for me, and that way he can be bullying Chris Walton instead of me for a few days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got, got an uh, email. This is pretty funny. Um, does uh, This is Daniel writes in, Mike, at KBY.com. Does Rick hate you? Yesterday's show and other show you guys have hosted together, a lot of times, times it sounds like he hates you. Just curious. Uh, Daniel, and I just, I wrote back to Daniel, but Daniel, if you're listening this morning, uh, no, Rick does not hate me. I, however, hate Rick. Right. So, no, I'm kidding. Rick and I are good friends, but. Yeah, both- we get along pretty good as, as uh, show hosts go together. Yeah. You know, I think we do, we do all right. Both of us, though, enjoy vigorous debate. As a matter of fact, that's what the show is about. Yeah. Our, our whole show, Nate's show, our show, most shows is about vigorous debate and there's nothing wrong with vigorous debate as long as you're respectful and rick and i are both respectful to each other well, and a lot of people don't understand that disagreement doesn't mean dislike no, no. disagreement is fine i mean you have how, to be how, able to you know figure things out for yourself sometimes and doesn't mean that i'm always going to agree with you i'm if married we can get other people to do the same thing yeah. where disagreement doesn't mean dislike it's okay i'm i'm married and i love my wife but we don't agree on everything all the time no, but you agree that it's best to nod your head and say yes, dear. In that instance, yes, I do. Yes, you do. <laughs> With you and me? No, I'm not going <laughs> to nod my head and say yes, dear. Uh, but yeah, just, to, just just so you know, a vigorous debate, is there's nothing. Matter of fact, it's good. And, and, and for a radio show like ours, you know, that we have people calling in and giving their opinions. And by the way, that's what we're paid to do is give our opinions. Vigorous debate is a good thing supposed to be we just ask that you know everybody be respectful you know as much as you as much as you, you know we don't can. call each other names uh all that often and unless know. it's during fantasy football then i we, was just gonna say do. that but there are times <laughs> <laughs> we both play in a league together and yeah there's name calling it we're in with uh, other media people by the way uh in television and radio set and, the draft day <laughs> yeah it's going to be in my house. There's, there's name, day at Ricky's house. There will be name-calling going on uh, during that. There'll too, also so. be some food. Our buddy Chef Wally is going to provide some, mm-hmm. uh, I think, it's, smoked well, it's, brisket. It is the Just Cater It by Chef Wally League, so yeah, yeah I would expect yeah. him to have some great food. Yeah. So. so we're going to do some, uh, I think the menu is smoked brisket, macaroni and cheese, mm. And I think that we're going to mix a veggie in of some kind just I'm, for. Tell him he needs, know. if you talk to him, uh, tell him he needs to do that uh, shrimp cocktail again. He makes the best shrimp cocktail. Yeah, I don't think we're going to do shrimp cocktail at my house, being that I'm allergic to it. Oh, I don't care. I think, well, See, I didn't think you again, would. It's all about you. Uh, I'm allergic, so we're not going to have it. <laughs> when he says, hey, can I bring some shrimp? I'll be like, no, I don't think you should. 208. 208- 336-3700. Do you want to have some vigorous debate? That's the radio station uh, phone number to call, pound 670 if you have a Verizon wireless. 
night at 10. It's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, on the way for you this morning, Thomas Retz going to be in town for a concert. If you like country music, Thomas Rhett, definitely a show you'll want to see. October 6th, Ford Idaho Center. We have your tickets once again to give away this morning, so you might want to lock in your speed dial at 208-336-3700. Be ready to win sometime before 10 this morning. Also, uh, another $50 gift certificate to the original Sunrise Cafe. Uh, $50, that'll feed, uh, first of all, you get a lot of food, number one, and for $50, definitely going to feed your uh, family. Probably get uh, good breakfast, lunch, um, whatever you want and enough food for everybody with $50. Probably take three or four people along with you, or you can just eat a whole bunch yourself. But we'll have that $50 gift certificate to give away. That's also tomorrow morning, tomorrow's Friday, our KBY sweet deal of the uh, week is going to be the original Sunrise Cafe. So we've got a chance for you to get the $50 gift certificate today and tomorrow, but if you don't get in on that and win, you have a chance to get your $50 gift certificate half price tomorrow morning. That will only be $25. Once again, go to KBY.com right at 9 o'clock. This will sell out quickly again. Always does. Go to KBY.com right at 9 o'clock and uh, click on the sweet deal link, and you can get that. There you go. If that isn't enough, by the way, hometown happy hour tomorrow. Nate Shellman, we told you he's doing uh, double duty. He's filling in for me tomorrow morning. Still doing his show this, tomorrow afternoon, and he will be at Ten Barrel Brewing, Bannock and Ninth in downtown Boise. Great food. He's got appetizers. You can have dinner and, uh, of course, all sorts of uh, beer, craft beer. You can do, um, you know, the uh, sampling. They do uh, the sampling of the uh, beers. I think you can get like eight or ten different little shots of beer so that if you would like to try them, you you, you can uh, do that. That's the cool I mean, thing about uh, Eight barrel. or ten little shots little of beer, shots of beer equals yeah. a great big beer. Yeah, it, it really does. But that way you don't have to waste money on a maybe a craft beer that you don't know if you're going to like. Like yeah. I, I mean, I don't drink beer that much, but I really hate hoppy-tasting beer. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. people like it. I'm so, not an IPA guy. Yeah. I so am not. This gives you a chance to maybe try a little bit of it to find out if you're going to like it before you waste a bunch of money. I can do it. pale ales. And IPAs are not for me. Yeah, guess what? And you know what? There's Ten a lot of snobby beer of people that I know that are like, what do you mean you don't like IPAs? You just must not like beer then. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, he'll also have tickets to Fitz in the Tantrums, Andy Grammer concerts uh, coming up here in the Treasure Valley, too. So that's all happening tomorrow. Uh, this is kind of a cool thing. I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to uh, celestial stuff. And uh, coming up... Uh, it's actually going on uh, until about September 1st, but Talking we're right meteor shower? right at the peak today uh, and tomorrow, the Perseid meteor showers. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a little cloudy this morning, but the peak will be coming up uh, tomorrow, anytime before sunrise. Now, can I can I tell you something honestly? What's right that? there with you. Uh, you're a little nerdy I'm about it, a little it nerdy about I, it, yeah. yeah. I took my kids while we were on vacation. I took my girls to Lake Tahoe. Because the sky is so clear and it's so beautiful out mm-hmm. there, and we had nothing but cloudy skies and thunderstorms, and oh, it just ruined sucks. it for me. Well, tomorrow morning, if you want to get up, uh, we're supposed to have clear skies. Perseid meteor shower peaks tomorrow up until dawn, uh, so you get a chance to uh, see that. Like I said, it, it Perseid goes on from July 14th to September 1st, but uh, the peak is going to be going on, and like I said, clear skies tomorrow. So uh, if you get a chance, you can get out now. If you're in downtown Boise, chances are you're not going to get to see too many of them. But if you get out away from the light pollution, like I live out out in the country, um, you know, and I'll be able to see up to 50 to 75 
falling stars per hour. It's not bad. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of something cool. And like I said, it'll happen from sunset tomorrow night till uh, tomorrow morning. So, yeah, yeah. KBOI News Time is uh, 6.45. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. Once again this morning, it's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, Meridian, and in East Boise. Two locations to serve you. Third location coming up, expected in uh, early 2023, headed to Canny County. But for right now, you can get it at either one of those locations. Check out their menu, fatguysfreshdeli.com. Over 30 different sandwiches for you to choose from. Never trust a skinny sandwich. You know, here's the thing about Boise State. We went into last season having a really good offensive weapon. And everybody knew that when Shaq had the ball in his hands, good things were going to happen. If you throw the ball downfield to him, he had the type of speed where he could make separation. And then there was some pretty good other wide receivers as well that made the offense look a, a little a little better. And the guy that now is going to have to step up and attempt to be a number one is Cobbs. Cobbs could be that guy for Boise State this year. He started eight and nine games in which he appeared. He recorded the second most receiving yards and touchdown receptions among Broncos that played. And he talks about life now without Shaq. Yeah, man, that's my dog. Like, I miss my dog. But uh, we got a lot of guys step up. Uh, Billy Bo, uh, uh, Cutter, all stepping up. We got the young guys in there that we got to make sure we're pushing in the right direction like the older guys did for us. So, you know, we're just all trying to step up and all trying to uh, take over the leadership role together and make sure that we're all, you know, uh, helping helping the receiver room grow and get better each and every day. What was it about Shaq last year that maybe you've incorporated into your game that maybe now you're the WR number one, if you will? Did you learn anything from Shaq that you're applying to your game this year? Not only as a guy on the field, but also as a leader in the receiver room? Uh, as a leader, the biggest thing I think he did was he was real good at uh, – he was real good at connecting with you on and off the field. So I try to take that uh, into consideration all the time. I try to connect with each and every player, um, no matter what the position. He was real good at that. And on the field, I mean, he's a dog. Like He has that dog mentality. That's something that we all grown in, into that room that he that he left behind, as, long, as, as well as the other older players that left uh, years past. And that's just something that we just keep continuing to push into the room. My buddy Johnny asking the questions mm-hmm. there, Johnny Mallory. You know, it, it is weird, and I don't know if you've done this, but I've done this, you know, for the last two decades. I'm like, oh, my God, we just lost Matt Miller. Who's going to step up? We just uh-huh. lost Cedric Wilson. Who's? Yeah. And we do it every single time, and always Boise State finds that guy, you know, Shaq, probably the best hands that I've seen at Boise State ever. Uh, I don't know Pretty if I'd call him yeah. the best receiver ever, but Pretty good. the best hands. And Buffalo right now is loving him. Yeah, I was just going to say that there's a good chance that he gets... He's He's been getting some heads to turn this year, and, you know, Josh Allen knew who he was coming yeah. in. So, you know, there's some potential there. That's what we're saying. KBOI News Time is 647. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Coming up once again this morning, another chance for you to pick up a $50 gift certificate to the original Sunrise Cafe. Uh, get yourself some breakfast or lunch. Great food. Uh, we've done the hometown uh, breakfast Hometown Handshake uh, there are a number of times. Uh, just absolutely fantastic food. Yours for free if you can answer our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. 
here to help you out for all your real estate needs. Uh, 208-888-4128. Call today. Locations across Treasure Valley in Sun Valley and Idaho Falls. Our question today, who was the first woman, first woman to ever run for president? By the way, uh, it happened in the 70s. Crazy fact for you. Even though she ran, she admitted she didn't vote for herself. If you know the answer, uh, stick around. (laughs) Coming up after 8 o'clock, we'll give you a chance to answer and win. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Over the last few library board meetings, board chair Megan Larson says a group of community members claim pornography and indoctrination can be found at the library. These are the same complaints that public libraries are receiving around the country. The complaints align with this flyer, shared by the conservative activist group, the Idaho Liberty Dogs. The flyer calls libraries, quote, grooming locations to indoctrinate young children and teenagers into the LGBTQ lifestyle. I find it nonsensical. Yes, there are materials in the library that have LGBTQ content because we're responding to what our community is interested in. Not every community member, but certainly our community is interested in a diverse and inclusive collection, and we provide that here at the library. So what are these books? The flyer shared by the Liberty Dogs lists five titles, Gender Queer, Sex is a Funny Word, Two Boys Kissing, Big Hard Sex Criminals, and Captain Underpants. Conservative group called the Idaho Liberty Dogs is encouraging its members to attend the uh, meetings to oppose pornography and LGBTQ content as they see it. Saying, did you know that public libraries across Idaho are being used as taxpayer-funded grooming locations to indoctrinate young children and teenagers into the LGBTQ lifestyles. See, libraries don't indoctrinate. They just offer material. That That's full stop. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. Board uh, Chair Megan Larson from the Meridian Library District said it's a little disappointing and shocking that this small but very vocal group wants to take such a tremendous asset away from this community. Captain Underpants was turned into a Disney movie. That's far from pornography. Crying out loud. I wonder if they have, pro- do they have the problem with the word underpants? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to speculate on what they do or don't like. I find it all a little funny. But um, there, there really isn't anything funny about it is the problem. Kreiner said Captain Underpants was uh, the only book she could find in the children's section when, when uh, KV, KTVB had asked her to point out where these books could be found in the library, all the other books that were mentioned in that um, snippet there that we played um, were either not in the library or had been checked out already. Captain Underpants is a lowbrow humor often enjoyed by middle school, middle-aged schoolboys. You know, the, the problem with being a, a single parent with little girls is that I don't know how to approach certain conversations about sexuality with children and books is often a really good conversation starter and you have to go to the library to get those unless you want to buy it i would prefer to rent the book uh through the library and give them an opportunity to read certain materials in order to use it as a conversation starter uh when when talking about my sexuality with my kids and um 
I think those are important conversations to have. And there are certain situations for maybe other parents where homosexuality needs to be discussed. Library is a good place to get that information. Full transparency, I have not read, I have not looked at, I don't know anything about these books other than the Captain Underpants book was basically taken and turned into a Disney cartoon movie that was very popular. Um, I don't know anything about the other um, books in, that that are being claimed as yeah, pornography I'm, or indoctr- indoctrination of LGBTQ community. Here's what I here's what I don't understand. All right. Once again, yes, this is a public library. I'm putting emphasis on public. Yes, it is paid with taxpayers' money, but that isn't just money that the so-called group Idaho Liberty Dogs is paying in. So why do you get to choose what my kids get to read? Isn't that my decision? It's a public library. Don't I get to decide whether or not I want my children reading that book or have the ability to be able to check out that book? Nobody's sitting there at the front door going, Psst, hey, kid, come over here. I want you to read Captain Underpants. Come on. It's really good stuff. Yeah, Captain Underpants is not a very good uh, book if you're looking for some type of, you know, hey, kid. X-rated material. It's just, kid. that's not what it is. Want to see some pornography? I yeah, understand sex, a sex parent's a choice word. as well, Mike. And let's just, you know, look at that from both sides. The Liberty Dogs, the Idaho Liberty Dogs can keep their kids from going to the library if they choose to do so because they don't like some of the content that's available. Bingo! Here's the other thing. If you don't want your kids reading Captain Underpants, don't let them check it out. Tell them it's they're forbidden from checking that out. Tell them they're forbidden from reading. Sex is a funny word. Big hard sex criminals. Tell I don't them, know what that book is, by I, the way. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. And like I said, I don't know what any of these... Any of these things things are about, but once again, this is a pub, this isn't even a school library. We've we've talked about Nampa banning twenty two books. Libraries have done a pretty good job at keeping explicit material from reaching bookshelves in all areas of the library. Um, there are some romance novels that I would consider low grade porn, Mike. Some cowboy novels that aren't really about cowboys (laughs) as much as they are about cowboy getting with cowgirl. Brokeback Mountain was a book. Yeah. Award-winning movie. Turned into an award-winning movie. Can you? I'm I'm curious. Can you get that? I never watched it, to be very honest, but, you know, that was my choice. I heard some great reviews. I chose not to watch it. I, I don't understand. You, and you bring up the word choice. Here, here's the thing. I, I don't understand why you feel like you need to take the choice away from somebody when you have the ability to take the choice away from your own child. I would also ask, um, do, do, if you're a, a you know, Liberty Dog member of that group, Idaho Liberty Dogs, do your kids have cell phones? Do you allow your kids to have cell phones? There's pretty explicit material available on the interweb. There there is not just pretty explicit. There is just outright filth that you can find on the interweb. And if you allow your kids to have it, pretty much guarantee, depending on the age of your kids, 
They've probably seen it before. They're gonna they're gonna see some things that you would probably not want them to see. Guys. Do you do you, do you want everybody to not have cell phones unless they're twenty one years of age or eighteen years of age? That's what I, don't, I I guess I just don't understand. And granted, I know it's different in that you know you're paying for your cell phone. It's not publicly supported by taxpayer dollars. But I just I just don't get the the understanding that you know I get to choose what your kids read. You choose what your kids read, and I'll choose what I want my kids to read. I may not want them to read that, but I don't want you to have the decision that you get to choose whether or not I can decide for my kids. That's what I—that's the part I don't understand. And maybe somebody can explain it to me. Maybe I'm missing something. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon. We wireless. could get a Liberty Dog to call us and tell us why. That'd be great. We'll uh, talk a little bit more about this uh, this morning. Also coming up here for you this morning, we're going to be uh, talking with Canyon County Sheriff Kieran Donahue. He's going to be in the uh, studio with us. He was on uh, Fox News talking about the huge problem, and I didn't realize that this was as big a problem here in Idaho and Treasure Valley uh, as uh, maybe maybe some of you did, but. Fentanyl. I know it's a problem, but oh, I yeah. didn't realize how big a problem it is right here in Idaho, specifically in the Treasure Valley. Kieran Donahue, sheriff, he, ha- he has some crazy stories about cartel drug running here in our community, even personally stuff that he's had happen to him. He's going to be in the studio with us coming up here at about 835. Right now, time for another check on sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian off Wells Avenue and in East Boise, just off Gallon next to Albertsons. Get in today for lunch. From here through, um, I'm guessing, what's it, almost February or is it February? February. If we don't have football. Enough, we don't have... A weekend where nope. we don't have to go without football nope, again. No, not one week between now and the middle of February will we have to go without football. Preseason football so nice. gets going tonight. There are two games on the schedule for this evening, one starting at 5, the other one at 5.30, and the first game will be on NFL Network tonight. It's the Giants, Patriots. You'll be able to watch that tonight. There's another football game on NFL Network tomorrow night. There are four games Maybe it's, shoot, I'll look at the schedule. There are games Saturday. There are games Sunday. We have, There's another game on Monday. Look, we have football to mention season one of, is coming on. We have to mention one Saturday game because if you don't want to watch it, you can listen to it once again. That would be the Seattle Seahawks. And yep. who are they playing? They're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, you want to hear the first quarter anyway before all they bring in up bunch of nobodies yeah five o'clock on your home for the seahawks again this year 670 kboi once again it'll be 670 kboi tomorrow there is a preseason game that we should talk a little bit about because it involves the cleveland browns and the jacksonville jaguars uh cleveland browns quarterback sean watson will be starting friday's game Hmm. he hadn't played in a while and he (laughs) He may not play all of this year (laughs) but it's meaningful right now for him to get a chance to take some snaps because if it's the only football he plays, it'll be the only football he plays for two years. He didn't play all last season. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't play this season, two years without snaps. So it be it becomes a much bigger deal that he gets on the field and a much bigger deal that he gets to throw the ball a couple of times. Uh, but Watson and the Browns are waiting to see whatever will be uh, his suspension if it's going to be the six games that he's been suspended for, or if it is, in fact, going to be an entire season, as the NFL has come out and said, at least through the commissioner, Roger Goodell, that they'd like to suspend him for the want, whole season. Yeah. So it's it's under the uh, eye of judges right now. We'll wait and see how it turns out. But 
It's a game you might want to check out. Friday night, Cleveland Browns taking on the Jags. KBUI News Time is 718. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Stock market looks like it's going to be up over 200 points again on the Dow uh, ahead of the opening here in about six or seven minutes. All three of the indexes are up as all three were up yesterday. Uh, Dow up over 500 points. But today, I want to talk a, a little bit. It's been a while since we've talked about uh, crypto. And there could be some really big news for investors interested in Bitcoin and other crypto because of uh, something that happened earlier this week. Yeah, that's right, guys. Uh, Actually, last month, Fidelity announced that it would allow its 401k plans to be opened up to cryptocurrency, mainly Bitcoin, which I got to be honest, for me, that kind of concerns me when you only have one one digital currency available to you. They were going to allow up to like 20% of a 401k participants holdings to be in in, uh, crypto. That's, That's pretty... Um, it's weird that they would pick and choose high. out of the hundreds of different cryptos out there. They would go, all right, we're going to allow you to invest in, in Bitcoin. Right, right. So that one's kind of interesting. There is also legislation right now rolling around in Congress that would allow sec- self-directed 401k participants to invest in any crypto that they wanted to. So a lot of 401k plans, they also have what's called like a self-managed portion. And so if you could open up your 401k plan into that, you could have access to any digital currency out there. I think some, some bigger news is the, is the last week Coinbase announced a partnership with BlackRock, which BlackRock is the largest uh, money manager in the world. They got like over $8 trillion that they manage. But they formed a partnership to allow institutional investors to have direct access to mainly Bitcoin. Again, the hopes, though, are that um, for institutional investors, it simplifies and streamlines everything when they can directly incorporate all of their buys and sells for normal assets as well as digital assets to be just done on one platform. The secondary benefit, hopefully, is that as as institutional money would flow into Bitcoin, it would kind of help stabilize the price, which obviously we've seen tons of volatility this whole year. So, okay, what's interesting what, things? What is interesting about this, um, at least to my way of thinking, with BlackRock getting involved with Bitcoin? In 2017, BlackRock said that Bitcoin was just legalized money laundering, <laughs> and now here, here you have five years later. It's like. Well, okay, we're going to allow people to invest in it through our through our fund. Yeah, I you know, I think it's one of those things where in any in anything that's new, you're going to have those early adopters, then you're going to have that second generation that comes in and then finally you're going to have like that third generation that comes in and says, "Okay, yeah, we're we maybe we're late to the bandwagon, but at least we didn't lose a bunch early on in the in the early risks risk stages." And I guess you know when you're as big as BlackRock, you do have to be a little bit careful with people's money, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, looking like we're going to get uh, an opening on three of the indexes all up again this morning. Uh, I saw yesterday uh, that they said that Nasdaq, after being in down what over like almost twenty nine percent at one point here a little over a month ago, is now officially back in bull territory again. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. They've kind of climbed back those uh, those losses from June. It's looking good, but is it going to sustain? 
I don't know. I guess I guess as the inflation numbers continue to trickle down, a lot of it's going to depend on the Fed's decision in September as far as what they're going to do with interest rates again. But there's a little bit of reason to be uh, cautiously optimistic. All right. Well, that then that's what I'll be. I'll be cautiously optimistic, and I won't go. throw all my money into. It's not a bad market. way to go. Do that. Yeah, go. All right, Nick. Thanks. Uh, we'll get an update from you after the market opens up. Talk to you again in about an hour. Um, we'll also get a uh, update on the close today, and then tomorrow morning. I'll be gone, but uh, Nate Showman and Rick Worthington will be talking to you again tomorrow morning. Sounds good. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Dang Chris Walton. He would just get back here and it could be the <laughs> Casper and Chris show again. I go back to work. He'll be back on uh, Monday. Yeah, but you won't be here. It'll be the, <laughs> It'll be the same situation. Same, same situation. Won't yeah. be that problem at You'll all be, tomorrow, no, though. No, no, wait. It won't be the same. You'll be sitting in a different chair coming up on Monday. Kind of. Yeah. You'll be sitting in the same chair tomorrow. Uh, by the way, I'll be off tomorrow uh, for a few days. Chris Walton is off this week. Thank you, Rick Worthington, very much uh, for filling in. Nate Shellman will be doing uh, tomorrow's uh, duty of filling in for me. Much appreciate uh, him doing that. He's also uh, got double duty tomorrow. Reminder that he will be broadcasting live once again, doing his show as he does every Friday afternoon. Hometown Happy Hour brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing will be going on at Ten Barrel Brewing at Bannock and Ninth Street. I bet he can hardly wait until 6 o'clock tomorrow. I bet you could find a really good skunky beer over there. Oh, They've got so many different. I've, I call all IPA skunky, by the way. Yeah, I do. So too. don't, don't I, take I don't, offense. I don't like hoppy beer either. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm not a big beer drinker to begin with, but believe it or not, I've been to Ten Barrel a couple times before, and I've actually found some beers that I actually do enjoy drinking. Uh, Nate Shelman, by the way, loves his beer. I know. He um, does. So I'm not I, drinking I'm sure, it all right now. Yeah, I'm sure he will not be um, tomorrow night, at least until six o'clock, because we're not allowed while we're working. I'm not allowed because I'm dieting again. Isn't isn't beer good diet food? That can that's no. vegetables. You can replace you can if, replace your vegetables with uh, one glass only, of beer. If I was only if I was only going to drink my calories for the day, I'd probably get about four beers in, and that would do it. <laughs> and and that would be your meals for the day. Four yeah. beers. Yeah, that's right. not it's not going to help me. So I'm going to have to have only a beer or no beers and actually have breakfast, lunch, and dinner of some type. Even that won't be great. Um, starting to warm up again, headed into the weekend. We're going to be back into the upper 90s again, as you've heard in our weather forecasts. And I know it's kind of weird to be thinking about winter again. But the uh, Farmer's Almanac is now officially out. Ye What's it say? Farmer's Almanac. It was uh, last I checked. They said probably going to be a heavier or colder winter. Long-time weather forecasting website and publication claims 80 to 85% of its forecasts are accurate. So in other words, 80% of the time they are right every time. (laughs) The Farmer's Almanac. uh, (laughs) It's a good thing we had Anchorman to give you that line. I know. I believe it. The uh, 2022-23 winter outlook. Idaho is grouped in with the Pacific Northwest region with Washington and Oregon. And uh, they're expecting average snowfall, average snowfall for the uh, area for this upcoming winter. But they are expecting colder than normal for our area. 
Regarding rain and snow, forecast states at the far west and the Pacific Northwest will see about normal winter precipitation for December through February. Boise averages, by the way, about 3.9 inches of precipitation. One inch of precipitation is equal to about 13 inches of snowfall, according to the National Severe Storms Laboratory. Snowfall in Boise averages around 20 inches per year. Did you know we had that much snowfall? Um, I didn't know that was the average, but I guess it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. We just usually get it one inch at a time. So anyway, um, average snowfall, that's what we're expecting for the uh, Treasure Valley, Idaho area this coming winter, but it's supposed to be colder with brisk, cool conditions through February than, than normal. I just want enough snow so that we stay out of... The drought, which, by the way, um, saw from the uh, National Weather Service that the southwest Idaho region, southeast Idaho region, all officially out of drought. Yeah. Yeah, this is good news. Barely, as a matter of fact, they're barely, they're, they're drier than normal, but just barely in the drier than normal range. They're, right. they're very close to normal water year, which, if you remember back in February, this looked like it was going to be a horrible Horrible water year. Well, it's not great. I mean, we were talking about uh, Arrow Rock the other day. Mm-hmm. It's like ninety eight percent, and Arrow it's... Arrow Rock's down less than that. It's down below fifty percent. But Arrow Rock is the first one they em- empty out. It leads into Lucky Peak. That, and, that's what and, I mean. I'm yeah. sorry. You're you're absolutely but right. But Lucky Peak is still at ninety nine percent. That's what I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. Thank you. And you uh, you got me on that one. When is the the 14th is this weekend? Just fair warning to everybody who recreates on Lucky Peak, drawdown. It's for, already for down. Lucky Peak starts yeah. on August 14th. It's right now it's running at around mm-hmm. 700 cubic feet per second. Starting August 14th, Lucky Peak will be lowering 1 to 3 feet a day for okay. uh, a few weeks. So if you have boats uh, yeah, if you there, wanted to raft, you better get it done yeah. cuz you're not going to get to after this. Yeah. But, like I said, very good news. Uh, as far as the drought, we are officially out of drought in southwest Idaho. Yay! KBOI News Time. And knock on wood, I know we still have some time in the fire season, and we have had some fires. Um, this has not been a bad fire year, at least here Loose in Loose fire's still going. Loose fire's still going. That's a big one. Could be going on until snowfall. I mean, it's that big. So The, the way I heard it today, the like September 15th. Yeah. Which is uh, that's, that's still burning to, for a while. It's yeah, another month. Coming close to when they start seeing rain and possibly If we snow don't the see, you know, one of them windstorms pick up and blow it for three miles, you know. Final update on sports this morning. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, uh, Meridian, and in East Boise. Uh, never want to ch- trust a s- skinny sandwich. Nope. Get in today. Uh, they have nothing but fat, delicious sandwiches. Every sandwich can be turned into a wrap or a salad. Find out why they are ranked the number one deli in the state of Idaho by getting in for lunch or dinner today. I did see the Stankies on TV yesterday. Hmm. Did you watch? I, of course, I'm talking about the New York Yankees. Yeah. I've been calling them the Stankies for a long time. I saw that it was on. I watched for a little while. Uh, the Mariners were down. Uh, of course, they did get some help offensively from who you say is the month-long MVP. Now you're going to be trying to ignite something here. 2-2 pitch from Cortez. Swing on line drive down the left field line. has got a chance. Stay fair. Stay fair. Yeah. It's off the foul pole, and Sam Haggerty has electrified the Mariners again. A home run to give the Mariners a one nothing lead here in the sixth. Haggerty's the MVP of the last month? Yeah, 
Yeah, he's batting over 400. He RBIs, and he's playing great defense, and he doesn't have a position, so he plays everywhere. Well, you like guys that you can just plug in anywhere in the lineup and they come through for you. Here's a guy that's been doing pretty well as, uh, also this month. Infield pulled around to the right, and he drives one right field. That ball is going back. Giddy up, God! Home run, Carlos Santana! And the Mariners have a 4-3 lead. Carlos breaks it over for 17 with home run number 11 and the Mariners. Man, are they chopping it up here at T-Mobile Park. Abreu, hands on hips. Can't believe he just gave up a two-run <laughs> Son of a, that's going to get me demoted. Santana was a good pickup. Not necessarily uh, for his, his bat. Um, or his defense, uh, his leadership in the clubhouse has been fantastic. Underrated, for yeah. sure. Two-run home run last night to help the Mariners take a 4-3 lead. They would win over the Stankies 4-3 as well. Sorry, Yankee fan. I'm just bitter. Hey, been a long number an, of years that the Yankees have been taking every good Oakland A's player. So took another series uh, away like from the minor Yankees. league club. Yeah, but the Yankees lose that game 4-3, to three and Question. the Mariners can celebrate. Question for you. Yeah. Is Judge going to uh, make 60 home runs or more this year? I don't think he will. He's, I at 40, think, he's at 46. He's hit 10 in the last like 20 games. I think there'll be a fall-off at the end, just towards the end of the season, as everybody tries to ramp down a little bit just before so the postseason. But you know, we could be surprised as well. I hope, he, I hope they give him enough games to do it. Yeah, They might rest him. He's at, he's at 46 right now. Look, the Yankees are not about breaking records. They're about world titles. And that's what they want this year. And this is a club that has the potential to do that. They've got good pitching on the front end. They've got bullpen guys that get it done. And as you know, they can hit the ball pretty well. KBOI News Time, 748. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Dow now up 260 points. 25 minutes into the official opening this morning. All three of the indexes are up. IRA, if you have that, 401k. All up. We are at uh, day number three since the raid on Mar-a-Lago happened on Monday. Still, no information on what they were looking for, what they, and I'm talking specifics here, what they found, anything like that, which is, I'm actually kind of surprised. I don't know about you. I, I thought the fact that in Washington, D.C., you can't keep a secret on anything, that even if they didn't officially release what they were looking for, or officially say, hey, look, this is what we found. That tells me something, by the way. It should tell you something, too, and maybe you'll agree with this. That they didn't find anything? No, no, no. That the Justice Department is working outside of what's going on at the White House. I mean, that, that that was the rumor. You know, the White House said we had no idea what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and that tells me that the White maybe, House maybe doesn't true. know what's going on. Uh, the fact that nothing has leaked so far. Everything leaks out of the White House, uh, well, Mike. Not just the White House. Mike, everything, everything, leaks everything leaks out of the White out House. Of the Washington, D.C. Somebody wants to be, you know, hey, an anonymous source says this yeah. is what they were looking for. Now, the Justice Department is a little tighter than the White House. The Justice Department, the FBI, they're pretty good at keeping secrets around there. Um, I don't know if you noticed that or not, but there's there's things that don't get out there, but do get out of the White House. 
least that's that's been my experience yeah. on it. I'm still um, mildly shocked, surprised, aghast, agog, and thunderstruck in the wonderment that we <laughs> we are three days into this and uh, nothing has come out as as of yet officially or unofficially yeah, just tells way. me I, the justice department's I, working on this a lot yeah I, I thought by now we would have had you know mary garland saying all right here's what's going on if it was the white house somebody over there would be talking because they've got reporters everywhere over yeah. there 208-336-3700 shapiro this afternoon at one now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi Oh, no, it's not. It's Casper uh, and Rick recorded filling in for uh, Chris Walton, who's on vacation this week. I apologize. I, I, <laughs> Cards I and letters, care of KBOI. Um, uh, coming up here, 20 minutes. Don't call now. 20 minutes from now, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, local company, the Global Network. Call today, 208-888-4128. Uh, we've got a $50 gift certificate to the original Sunrise Cafe. We're going to be giving away, if you can answer our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Our question today, who was the first woman to ever run for president in the United States? All right, I'm giving you a crazy hint. Uh, happened in the 70s. Crazy factoid for you. Even though she ran for president, she uh, admitted that she did not vote for herself. Who really? is it? If you know the answer, you could win. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. <laughs> Um, just a few moments ago, we were talking about you can't keep a secret. Wall Street Journal, this is a cryon on the bottom of CNN this morning. Informant tipped off FBI about more classified docs at Mar-a-Lago. See, so you can't keep a secret. Information is getting leaked out. Yeah, I, I read that, uh, that there had apparently been somebody who went to Mar-a-Lago, saw that there were a bunch of documents there, and then went back to the FBI and said, hey, you may want to go look at this. But this this was before the raid, not since. No, um, but information is starting to leak out. Newsweek this morning, I just found this uh, raid on Mar-a-Lago based largely on information from an FBI confidential source, one who was able to identify what classified documents former Trump was still hiding and even the location of those documents. That, according to two senior government officials, mm-hmm. talking confidentially to Newsweek. <laughs> So you can't keep a secret. That's true. I'm not going to give my name, but I'll tell you what, what, what happened. Said the officials who have direct knowledge of the FBI's deliberations and were granted anonymity in order to discuss sensitive matters said that the raid of Donald Trump's Florida residence was deliberately timed to occur when the president was away from his residence. So they've been planning this for a while, apparently. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. FBI decision makers in Washington and Miami thought that denying the former president a photo opportunity or a platform with which to grandstand or attempt to thwart the raid would lower the profile of the event, says one of the sources, a senior Justice Department official who is a 30-year veteran of the FBI, said the effort to keep the raid low-key failed. Instead, it prompted a furious response from GOP leaders and Trump supporters. What a spectacular backfire, said the Justice official. Maybe. Well, I mean, if that's what they were trying to do is keep it low-key, that was anything but low-key. No, you're never going to have it, some, something like that happen and have it be low-key. I mean, I... 
Um, Never. They were seeking to avoid any media circus, says the second source, a senior intelligence official who was briefed on the investigation and the operation. So even though everything made sense uh, bureaucratically and the FBI feared that the documents might be destroyed, they also created the very firestorm that they sought to avoid mm-hmm. in ignoring the fallout. And we all know that Monday at about 10 a.m. Eastern time, two dozen FBI agents showed up at Donald Trump's Florida home. Uh, by the way, according to officials um, who saw the... FBI there. They didn't even go in. This is how low-key they were trying to keep it. You notice when FBI goes in, they have their blue FBI jackets. Yeah. Yeah, they they weren't even wearing FBI jackets. That's how low-key. They didn't want even neighbors to know what was going on. It's uh, also interesting to know um, the uh, about the possession of classified national defense information. That's so far what the basis, according to these... Anonymous sources are for the search warrant. The raid had nothing to do with January 6th investigations or any other alleged wrongdoing by the former president. Um, It's interesting that if he is found guilty of this, the president faces a five-year prison sentence. And the reason he would face a five-year prison sentence is because it's uh, a law that he put into effect while he was president (laughs) because he didn't want things happening like with what happened with Hillary Clinton. He wanted to make sure that if anybody had documents uh, stored or, or taken out of the White House, that they would spend a minimum of five years in prison. So if Yikes. he ends up going to five years in prison, it's because of, uh, uh, because of his own doing. I'd, I still can't see a world in which Donald Trump is incarcerated. Charged? Sure. But I don't, I don't ever think that there'll be an incarceration. According to news reports, some 10 to 15 boxes of documents um, have been confirmed to be removed from the president, uh, president's residence. Donald Trump said in a statement that the FBI opened his personal safe as part of their search. Uh, Trump attorney uh, Lindsey Halligan, who was present during the search, says the FBI targeted three rooms, a bedroom, an office, and a storage room. That suggests that the FBI specifically knew exactly where they were going to look. So they weren't searching the whole house. They had three rooms that they specifically uh, searched for. So, like I said, it's it's hard to keep a secret, and we sit there and talk about it, and then just a little bit later, um, confidential sources come out <laughs> and start give, giving out information. It'll remain to be seen how much longer we go before uh, Merrick Garland uh, makes an official statement. That was the Wall Street Journal that reported that, by the way. It's pretty credible news sources mm-hmm. that come. Kevin Caldwell, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Morning again, guys. Hey, you know, a little bit about me. I've been a student of talk radio since the 1970s. That's what happens when you grow up in the top 40, you just went around and around in circles. <laughs> and you sat in a tractor, and you got so sick of listening to the same thing over and over that you'd actually turn on Larry King. It was awful. <laughs> Anyhow, I hear you. I bailed it. I bailed hay, so I worked at nights. You know, I have, hey, uh, to, I have to admit, and I, I, you grew up in Idaho, right? Yep, right yeah, here. Doing, doing the same thing. I have to admit, I did the same thing um, growing up, and uh, as even as I got older into my 30s, I would get tired of listening to music, and I would go to Rush Limbaugh. 
Yeah, but you went to work doing that for a living. That's the hilarious part. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um, hey, so anyhow, I listen to politics and, and talk radio and podcasts the way you guys, you know, also look at sports. I know I'm not a sports guy, so I, I, I'm overindulged on this. I really need to get away from it. But more information on this. The crazy thing is, how many U.S. attorneys do we have? Thousands. Mm. The same U.S. attorney that's in charge of January 6th is the same U.S. attorney that's in charge of this seizure, this raid on Mar-a-Lago. Now, why would he go from January 6th to the Bureau of, what, Historic Documents or whatever? Yeah, that doesn't smell right. But the reason I called in, I wanted to throw this out there. I learned years ago from Rush Limbaugh that when the Clintons got in office, their biggest hatred was for the FBI. I don't know why, but they had just complete contempt for the FBI. And they got in there, and they changed that place. They disassembled it. They rebuilt it. They did all sorts of things. And now I think the FBI is a political organization for people like the the Clintons and the Democrat Party. And the reason I say that, so the day of the raid of Mar-a-Lago, what did Hillary Clinton do? She, She made the news with hats and shirts, and she came out, and she actually modeled them on the day of the raid. Now, how does somebody come up with this stuff have it manufactured and have it ready to go on the same day of the raid. Hmm. Yeah, that's what, called deep deep state, and she was tipped off. So if you what want to know, the, uh, what did the off, hats and t-shirts say? Uh, something you know, kind of things throwing back on Trump, like uh, yeah, I see him in jail, or um, oh, I don't know, I can't even remember. I, I could look it up, but interesting. Uh, I had yeah, I hadn't heard that. Head. But if you look it up, just Google it, you'll find it. Yeah, she's got all this. St- paraphernalia out there laughing at trump but she was definitely tipped off before the raid interesting so that's pretty disgusting thank you for the call uh kevin and thanks for listening appreciate it have a good day john uh john writes in uh fbi raid or was it a setup by the trump team to find out who was trustworthy knowing either way they fbi garland biden would end up with egg on their face and be a huge fundraiser so there's somebody thinks that trump did this himself Interesting. Uh-huh. Interesting. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll take a break. Coming up, we've got a $50 gift certificate to give away once again to the original Sunrise Cafe. Also on the way, coming up here in about 20 minutes, stick around. County County Sheriff Kieran Donahue is going to be with us. He appeared on uh, Fox. Talk to him uh, about the fentanyl epidemic and the operators from Mexico, cartel, who are infiltrating the United States, but not just the United States. This was interesting, and I saw, I saw the interview on Fox, and that's why I wanted to have him on here. No, no realization myself at how bad this is. I know, I know fentanyl is bad, and I, and I know we have problems with it, the community. No idea that uh, we had drug cartel operating within the uh, Treasure Valley in our community. No idea of how bad fentanyl epidemic is, and uh, it continues to grow. Sheriff Kieran Donahue, kind of the tip of the sword, and he's going to be with us coming up this morning. Um, he's got some pretty incredible stories, including stuff that has to do with him and his family dealing with the cartel. So that's coming up here. You might want to stick around on the way in 20 minutes. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty for all your help and real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. Scott's going to get first crack at our question for the $50 gift certificate once again to the original Sunrise Cafe. Scott, who was the first woman to ever 
run for president of the United States? In the 1970s? That's what we're talking about. Linda Jenis. Who? What? 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 Linda Jenis. That is not it. Keep trying, Scott. Zach, who was the first woman Uh, to ever run for president of the United States? That would be Victoria Woodhull in actually 1872. Yes, it was the 70s, but it was the 1870s, not the 1970s. Victoria Woodhull was the first woman to run for president of the United States. She ran in 1872 against Ulysses S. Grant. By the way, the uh, factoid that I told you, she admitted she didn't vote for herself. You know why the reason she didn't vote for herself? Wasn't allowed yet? Yeah, it wasn't legal. She was... (laughs) She was she was for, oh, yeah. she ran as president forty eight years before women got the right to vote, so she could run as president. She just couldn't vote for herself. Congratulations! Yeah, right. yeah you Thank got a fifty dollars gift certificate once again to the original Sunrise Cafe. Yeah, um, that might have thrown you off. I said it happened in the seventies, but it was the eighteen seventies, not the nineteen seventies. So congratulations, Zach. You have yourself a $50 gift certificate to the original Sunrise Cafe. One more gift certificate to give away uh, tomorrow morning for our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible question. Um, you may have to change the name because Casper or Chris won't be here tomorrow morning, so it'll be the uh, Nate and Worthington Damn Near Impossible question, but we'll give that away coming up tomorrow morning. Still on the way for you today. Want to see a great country concert? Thomas Rhett will be here October 6th at the Ford Idaho Center. We have another pair of tickets that we'll be giving away sometime before 10. It's going to happen. I'll, I'll help you out here. It's going to happen in the 9 o'clock hour. All right? 9 o'clock hour, uh, sometime between 9 and 10 this morning, we're going to give away Thomas Rhett tickets. That's on the way. On the way next, we've got news at the bottom of the hour. And then after that, Ken Kenny Sheriff Kieran Donahue is going to be with us. We're uh, going to be talking about the cartel operating in Idaho and also the fentanyl epidemic. It's only getting worse and worse. Sheriff Karen Donahue with us coming up here next on News Talk KBOI. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Once again, 837 and Chris Walton is on vacation. Rick Worthington filling in this week. Mike Casper going to take a break from taking your phone calls and emails this morning. Um, we have a uh, guest in studio with us, Sheriff Kieran Donahue. Good to see you again. Good to be seen. Thanks for having me. Thanks for waking up early and talking with us uh, this morning. And I have to admit, I uh, saw you on a uh, recent interview on uh, Fox. Yeah. And absolutely fascinating. I know we have a problem with drugs in Idaho. Um, specifically, we have a growing problem that's getting worse and worse with uh fentanyl you're kind of the uh, tip of the spear and so many some of the stuff that you talked about and one of the big reasons why i wanted you have on have you on here with us uh because of some of the the stuff that i learned in that interview um how big a problem is fentanyl here in the treasure valley it's the biggest problem we've actually ever faced we've never seen anything ever we've, we've never seen anything like it you know Methamphetamine, we can still claim is king around here, and methamphetamines really drove our violence and and, uh, the nexus of all of our violent crime really almost, let's say, 96% roughly through the years, and it's really been our target. But we've never seen a drug like fentanyl. It's it's unprecedented numbers. It's unprecedented seizure amounts. 
and the damage that it's doing uh, to young people, uh, middle-aged people. It, it has it just methamphetamine kind of has a user base. Heroin certainly has a user base. This stuff though is like getting kids and teenagers who do opiates and thinking, oh, they're just taking an opiate pill, and it's not. It's laced. It's either it's either an M30, uh, dirty blue pill, or whatever you want to call them, and it's literally can can be as much as 100% fentanyl in, inside that pill and it's killing these kids, it's killing people and they have no idea of the danger of it. And, you know, we're here in, in Boise, we're what we're part of what they call Haida, high intensity drug trafficking area. Now realize there's only 33 Haidas in the United States and we're one of those. Boise is, is one of them. We're, yeah, we're connect our Haida. Why is that? There's that amount of drug trafficking and drug, uh, and interdiction and seizures in this valley that we got we got designated by Department of Justice about six seven years ago. We actually apply to that, so we're now a part of the from Portland, Oregon, to Boise to now Pocatello is one Haida, one high intensity drug trafficking area. There's this that much distribution seizures. Um, we have we have always been a depository for the cartels. We have all our rural highways coming in, our arterial freeways. You know, come out of Duck Valley, come out of Reno, come out of Salt Lake, and then we distribute our dope from here clear back to to well to the East Coast to the Midwest. But now fentanyl has changed the game because it's so dangerous and it's so prolific and it's so cheap that everybody's buying it. But but on top of that, there it's being laced in in marijuana, it's being laced in heroin, it's being laced in methamphetamine, and unsuspectingly, people who are addicts and using that stuff are now getting hit with this fentanyl and you know everybody's physiology is different but it's a huge risk and we're seeing we're seeing massive amounts of overdoses throughout the state so we're quite a ways away from the border <laughs> why why Boise Idaho is it sounds because like, like what you're saying and I don't want to put words in your mouth right. but we're kind of the drop-off point to get distributed through a lot of the rest of the United States absolutely why why the Treasure Valley what makes it's, it again so unique well again it's the arterial highways coming in right the interstates and and if it doesn't come straight up to here uh, either through again Reno through Salt Lake uh, Duck Valley Twin Falls, any of those areas, it'll travel actually up through the North North Pacific highways and then come down through the Tri-Cities and get deposited here. Uh, the reason originally, in, in my humble opinion, when I was an undercover, you know, I was assigned out to the FBI for six years and did narcotics before that with Canyon County, we were more rural area even then, right? Let's say mm-hmm. 15 years ago. Now we've had a tremendous growth in population, but that's the that's the ideal place. You have a metropolitan surrounded by rural you know, agriculturally right. based, so much easier to hide your stash houses, so much easier to hide your operation. Ah. And when you look at a place like Owyhee County, uh, the the law enforcement presence just isn't there. You have 2,700 square miles. So you can really hide if you're a cartel operation, criminal enterprise, you can hide your operation. You don't have a lot of uh, law enforcement. And then as the area grows, Law enforcement doesn't keep up with that growth in terms of numbers of law enforcement, number of Idaho State Police troopers to do interdiction. So it's really an ideal spot because now if the more people, you're hiding within the metropolitan area as well. So is fentanyl something that can be manufactured here in the United States or does all the fentanyl come from Mexico? Literally all the fentanyl comes from Mexico. You know, it's it's very interesting because it's it's actually the, the fentanyl is provided to Mexico by illicit and illegal operations in China 
not necessarily sanctioned by the government of China. They mm-hmm. shut down fentanyl in their right. country, but these manufacturers of fentanyl found a way around it, and so they distributed it to Mexico. So does Southeast Asia. We know this to be true. We've tracked all this through the State Department, through DOJ, etc. And the reason it goes to Mexico is, well, it doesn't just go to Mexico, South America, Central America. We can show the routes where this comes in. And then, of course, clandestine labs, uh, pill presses, illicit pill, pill press operations, methamphetamine super labs. All those precursors come in from China, Southeast Asia. Uh, DEA will back these numbers up, right? That This is where it comes from. And so it lands in, in one of those areas, the Northern Triangle, et cetera, but then everything is routed through Mexico. And the reason for that is they control every mile of that border. The one cartel or another controls every mile of that border. So it's not like they send it out maritime and, and come up the coastal uh, maritime areas. That's We can control the border. We can control who's crossing. We control when they cross. We control how much they're, they're moving. We control the tunnels. Everything is funneled to that point because it, you know, we're talking fifty to hundred billion dollar industry a year. That's what the cartels take in, and so that's why the violence is there. You're going to protect your enterprise, but the the the, the amount of, of people coming across where it used to just be the dope, now it's human smuggling, and you combine the two, far more effective and more economical to do uh, to have the humans carrying the dope for you and charging them to to get across through the coyotes. So the one thing that was surprising to me is the fact that there are cartel operating here, members here in the Treasure Valley, right? Without without question whatsoever, have been for decades. And again, in the old days, lost in anonymity. Now it's far more overt. And we have operations going all the time. They they utilize our our. Hispanic gangs primarily in our area. That's what typically our gang, our street gangs uh, are made up from. But you have outlaw motorcycle gangs too. They're all selling dope. Well, whose dope are they selling? They're selling the, mar- the cartel's dope. And so the cartels are there to collect that money, but they have a built-in distribution points by the gangs. And then, of course, independent operators, not just uh, not just Hispanic gangs. I mean, there's tons of Caucasian um, guys that are out there slinging dope. Uh but that's how it's done. And then, of course, that money's funneled back in, and that money has to go south to Mexico, or it's wired through Western Union, or it's laundered through a business. And it's very hard to track at times, but it's, there's so much money in the cartels. It's like, it's like a military operation. So the cartels assign someone, let's say a lieutenant level in the cartel. You're a lieutenant level. Uh, you, you maybe have a plaza that you operate uh, this plaza, meaning this territorial area. Then you're responsible for what for the distribution once it gets here, but you're also responsible for sending the money back down. Then you you do your time, and if you've done everything right, then you're taken back into Mexico. You're higher up in the cartel. You've earned your you've earned your uh, your place. Mm-hmm. And it's there's literally cartel, and, and the, it's so hard for people to understand. But there's we've been at this for years, and I and obviously I'm on the front lines with the, with my colleagues in in the southwest border and throughout the America. But literally in every town. Every city, every borough, every state has cartel operators. Really, in the country, it, it, you know, Howard Buffett wrote a book said our fifty state border cri- our fifty state border crisis. It that's what it is, mm. and because you're getting cartel dope in New Jersey, well, how did it get there? It came from Mexico. Well, it sounds like it came from Idaho. Well, could have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's just stunning how the distribution is, and they're a, a well oiled machine. 
Need to take a uh, break. Once again, we're talking with uh, Sheriff Kieran Donahue is with us this morning talking about uh, the cartel. I want to get it when we come back um, because you've been dealing with this for a very long time. Um, about you, you mentioned the violence. When we come back, I want to talk about how dangerous are they, the cartel that is operating here um, in the Treasure Valley and in Idaho specifically. We'll do that coming up after a check on traffic. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.53, talking with uh, Ken County Sheriff Kieran Donahue with us. Uh, once again this morning, we're talking about fentanyl, we're talking about drugs, we're talking about the uh, cartel. And this isn't just something because you're the sheriff that you deal with. As you mentioned, you were uh, loaned out to the FBI for six years. Is <laughs> yes. that what it was? Mm-hmm. And undercover. Um, but this uh, this also affects you personally. So yeah. it's not something that you're just going into going, okay, I'm a sheriff. This is my job. This is, this is something that has affected you and your family. Yeah, absolutely. I've got family members that uh, that have, have addiction problems with, uh, with opiates, of course, and, and uh, methamphetamine. And I've had uh, deaths occur just recently. We had uh, a, a young relative of mine that lived here in Boise, 24 years old, had a son, four years old, and uh, she was very much addicted to methamphetamine and then got on fentanyl. And we actually, working with our Boise uh, operatives, we actually were trying to get her out of where she was at, and we actually had a pretty good undercover program going. Kind of scooped her out and saved the kid, and and the kid was, uh, he was, tested for for lots of different drugs he's only four years old and he had all kinds of things in his system and unfortunately once she got back into the streets it wasn't but a, a month or so and then she uh she died she passed away at 24 years old from a fentanyl overdose and another thing that uh and we talked about this just off air and it was pretty fascinating because fentanyl it, it's so dangerous it's so lethal um why would you think that the cartel would supply such a lethal drug because they count on return business. So here you ha- have drugs that are killing people. You would think it would be going against them making money. Yeah, you would. A normal person would think that. Uh, a couple of things with that. First of all, they're they're oversupplying it and it's cheap, so they're making a lot of money. And when you when you can cut the dope, meaning you can lace meth- methamphetamine or heroin with with a very cheap drug like uh, fentanyl that's very addictive, you're actually spreading your profit margin because you're 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 taking the methamphetamine which costs more to produce, lacing it so you don't have to give as much methamphetamine for a, for a higher price. So that helps your profit margin there. It's called cutting the dope. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on the other hand, DEA just did a a really good, fascinating interview. The head of DEA, and she she mentioned she said, look, the cartel's business plan today, their model is that we know they're going to have loss of people, we're going to have loss of our consumers, but but by pushing this stuff out so dramatically, we're going to have more. We're going to have more consumer base expansion. We can afford those losses. That's their that's their wow. model. That and and this is again comes back to one thing, and it's money. So and you, but you, the more people you get addicted, the more your consumer base expands. You're going to lose some along the way, but at the same time, you're exponentially building your your profit margins by building your consumer base. How how much fentanyl was uh, confiscated, say, over the last year here in Idaho? Well, I can tell you for uh, for. Our HIDA, which I'm an executive member of, uh, for Idaho, I represent you there. From from Portland to here to Pocatello, the, our HIDA alone in last year, we seized over 1.5 million pills of fentanyl. 
that's what we seized in our operations and our interdictions and under undercover uh, programs. That's not what got by us. That that would be enough to kill every person in the state of Idaho. Oh, correct? without question. Yeah, and and DEA least recently came out with their analysis that four out of every ten pills is a lethal dose. Really? Four out of ten is a lethal dose. Those are the the most current numbers by DEA, by their their analysis uh, of these drugs. This this is such a dangerous drug, and I feel so bad for the young people. We also do studies to try to bring awareness, and, and as you know, Governor Little has just launched his Esto Perpetua, which I'm on his uh, law enforcement panel for that. We're, our goal and, and our mission is to bring awareness to how dangerous this drug is for people and, and also stop the inter, through interdiction stop the, the flow of it into Idaho. We need to take a break. We've got news coming up here at the top of the hour. Can you stick around uh, yeah, just absolutely. one more segment? Because one of the things I wanted to get through uh, was another story that hit earlier this week. Um, having to do with uh, budgets, and you can't hire enough people to uh, keep your your staff um, there. I want to talk a little bit about that, about what's going on before we uh, let you go here today. But we'll do that coming up after news. Uh, Sheriff Kieran Donahue with us uh, once again this morning. Uh, we'll take a break. KBO- Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 905, Sheriff Kieran Donahue with us uh, once again this morning. Appreciate you sticking around for uh, one more segment, a couple more things that I uh, wanted to get to. Um, numbers over the past five years, what do we say? You're saying this is getting worse and worse, continues mm-hmm. to get worse. Um, can you give us an idea, fentanyl, here in uh, Idaho over the last five years? Yeah, well, I can give you, a, for for Idaho itself, last year 152 people died in Idaho by overdose. That's a lot for Idaho, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you have to drill that down through the coroner, toxicology reports, EMS, to, to find out exactly if, if all of them were fentanyl, or and they weren't, but a high number were fentanyl. So you uh, had 152 overdoses in, in Idaho. Deaths, deaths in, in Idaho, Idaho last year. Last year. What about the year before? Uh, I don't have the stats for the year before, but I can tell you from Canyon County, I can go back to about three years. Mm-hmm. 2019, we had zero overdose deaths by fentanyl. 2020, we had three. Last year we had thirteen. This year we're already at eleven. Those are just wow. fent- those are just fentanyl. So it is deaths. going up yeah. every single year, and that's just fentanyl. That doesn't take in methamphetamine, heroin, other opiates. Yeah. What are your uh, thoughts about Vancouver, Canada? And I don't know how much you know about mm-hmm. this, but I'm just curious. Vancouver, Canada is uh, trying out a way to deal with fentanyl by giving away free fentanyl and setting up fentanyl centers where people can come in and get their fix every day of pharmaceutical grade fentanyl hoping to get it off the streets or stop people from overdosing on on the bad drugs that you're talking about because they don't know what doses is in there what what are your thoughts about how Vancouver Canada is dealing with fentanyl right now that i i wasn't aware of that it's a ludicrous experiment it's not going to work for you it didn't work with the heroin uh needlepoint places where well we're, at least they're using clean needles we're, we're supplying them <laughs> you're encouraging drug use you're encouraging and and the addiction you're not solving the addiction at all and if you're giving them okay it's a a regulated amount of of uh, fentanyl you're still feeding that habit and and an addict is going to need more and more to feed their habit and then these people are out committing crime they're committing crime a lot of them because you know our nexus in Idaho is you know really well over ninety percent of all all violent crime or all crime in, in itself is is related to uh, drug use because whether you're just a, a just whether you're a, 
a methamphetamine user, a heroin user, you got to get that money to get that fixed. You're probably not working all the time. So burglaries, threat, wire theft, robbery, all of it right. comes comes into play, you know. And so, to to if Vancouver's doing that, I completely disagree. You're 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 not sol- you're putting this band aid on this experiment that's not going to work out for you. You're just creating more opportunity for more people to come in and and get addicted to a very very dangerous drug. I don't care if the, you know. So are, are is is the thought that well, they're only going to come here and use their, their fentanyl. They won't use it in the streets. You're an idiot if you believe that. You're an absolute <laughs> moron. Because well, So Johnny's got some on the street. I, I can't make it to the clinic today. I'll just take this. And right. then boom, he's got right. you know a 75% uh, fentanyl purity. It's like, come on. Don't be stupid. Um, this kind of ties in also to something. There's another story that came out a little bit earlier this week in the Idaho Press. Um, and in your your industry is suffering through what almost every industry in the United States is, and that's being able to find, mm-hmm. hire, train, and keep employees. And a lot of that has to do uh, with the budget yep. and how much you're able to pay um, your your deputies. You've, you've, that was very well stated on your part. And the, the, when you start with the recruitment pool, recruitment pool is almost non-existent. The rhetoric over the last several years, not just these last few years, but the last several years against law enforcement. Nobody's trying to be a they're, cop. They're, why would you do this job? Yeah. That's the most dangerous job in the world. A lot of liability. A lot of liability. You're not, you're going to, you're going to risk your life. If you make a, a split second decision, which you have to do, you might lose your freedom. You're certainly probably going to lose your, your finances, et cetera. But we're called to this service. And yet, so retention, if we do get them in the door, there's a lot of money in training. We got to train these people. We got it's, it's. How much does it cost you to train for, if one I take person? If you hire one person, it, when, just for, even, as, even as a jail deputy, by I get by the time I get them through one year, I'm over a hundred thousand dollars that first year. Training, wages, uh, benefits, etc. Well over a hundred thousand dollars a year. So that that's an important investment for the taxpayer, right? That's your guy. That's your money. Mm-hmm. And then let's say we take a five or ten year employee who now maybe is a SWAT team member or a CERT team member or he's got some other specialty or she. You're you're looking at a million dollars into these some of these people, I mean, over over their experience and time and then experience and knowledge. And then when to see that walk out the door. Because that's what's happening now. That's because what, that's you're, not, you're not able to pay what all the agencies I, around I, you I are I can't able pay, to pay what right? NAMPA pays. I can't pay what Caldwell pays. I can't pay what Ada or Meridian, Boise. And it's like, what are we doing here? For example, just in the last year, I lost three dispatchers in one week. Three dispatchers. One was a supervisor. The years of experience walked out the door, went to Napa for a couple dollars more an hour. You know, it's probably three or four dollars, but three or four dollars is a lot of money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To any of us. And so my argument has been, and, and it's still today, and we're in budget talks right now with our county, because the Board of County Commissioners sets the budget for, for a county. It's the Board of County Commissioners that set that budget. We can propose and we could submit, but it's they who set the salaries. And until we as a county start getting our salaries competitive with these other agencies, we just have max exit, mass exodus. So and you're that, not, right now, Kent County is not, are they not? Equal to the other counties? No. Is that? Not, well, not, not counties, but other, or, I mean, enti- other entities. Other entities, entities right. I'm right. sorry, we're not, not other equal. counties. No, we're not equal. So, like 70 employees right now or open vacancies in Canyon yeah, County right roughly, now. It, yeah. It's a big number. It's yeah. a big number. I've got, well, let's look at it this way. I've got 17 uh, deputies down in the jail. That's an entire team. That's an entire team. 
So I'm doing mandatory overtime to make my other employees fill in those slots, plus pulling patrol officers in to do to do uh, work in the jail. So I've got four, maybe five guys on patrol in 600 miles. It, 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 it's, it's not sustainable. Right. We can't keep up with it. And so, uh, give us an idea, um, for instance, because I, one of the people that they talked to in the interview was uh, Chief of Police in Nampa, yeah. um, um, Chief Huff. And, I mean, it's great for him because you do all pay all the money and get all the training done, and he gets to hire a fully trained officer from you. What's the difference in pay just mm-hmm. as an idea for, for those two, give those two specifics between what you're able to pay and what Nampa is able to pay? Oh, it's a it's several dollars an hour. So with that, so it's a big it's a big it's, difference. It's, it's a not big difference. Okay, so it's, I mean, it's not. You're talking thousands and thousands of dollars a year, thousands, tens yeah. of thousands yeah, it could of be dollars tens a year, of thousands a year, and it, that's a huge difference. And and Chief Huff, good friend of mine, and and he he stated it very correctly. You know, it's it's good for him as a business plan, as a chief of police, to to cherry pick my guys, my women, my men. He he's the one that took three dispatchers in one day. Right. So, I mean, smart. But he said he, he said in that testimony to the Board of County Commissioners, says, but as a taxpayer, it makes me mad because that's a misuse of my taxpayers dollars. Right. I, I'm investing in the county, uh, in these people. And you're watching them walk out to another taxing district, to another entity, to Nampa PD. Right. And those are great people over there. And God bless them. And I tell all my people, if you can do better, do better. You know, you got to feed your kids. You got to put them through school. You got to uh, put a roof over their heads. You got to buy expensive fuel. But there's no reason why we can't be competitive. There's no reason. We've got the money. So pay our people. Make us competitive. And right now the, the board is working on that. I hope that they make the right decision uh, come August 17th. But if they don't, and I've said this, I mean, we're not going to have anybody working there. And as a sheriff, I have far greater mandates than a chief of police, right? I, I, I shall operate a jail. I shall do civil process. Those are things that, that a police agency doesn't have right. to do in, in Idaho. And yeah. We're mandated. And so I have to operate that jail above all else. And, of course, the liability and risk is, is immense to the taxpayer, to us. And so you want the very best people and you want to train them the best. And so you want to get that recruitment. You can't get recruitment if you don't have the money to pay them. As a pointed fact, Mike, this is probably something you should know. And I, I know that the sheriff will agree with this. Hey, I live in Canyon County now, so this is... The, and this affects you. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm pointing this out. We're getting Canyon County commissioners and the sheriff on the cheap right now. Those wages are not nearly comparable to what they are in just about every other county in Idaho right now. Well, I'll give you I'll give you a very pointed example. Uh, I'm really impressed with the new chief of Caldwell, uh, Rex Ingram, mm-hmm. chief of police, came out of L.A. Fantastic guy. I think he's going to be fantastic for our whole valley. He's making $154,000 a year. His deputy chief is going to make $140,000 a year. Your sheriff makes $124,000. Wow, he has seventy. So is, he has I mean, seventy-eight that's, that's employees. A big, big he has seventy-eight. No jail. No dispatch. No crime lab. No civil process. I have three hundred employees. A jail. Dispatch for twenty-eight entities. It's just like what? What? I'll dark, pat you on the back here. I appreciate that, yeah. but it's like what dark ages are we living yeah. in? Why can't we be competitive? And it's no different than if you worked in any industry. You, you know, if this were the radio station and mm-hmm. every radio station was paying more than what we're getting here everybody would be oh, we would you know, squawk about yeah. it and so we at first chance we get we go well i can make a way more money over there which so. is the only reason i bring it up because it, it's hard when you're when you're making a good salary to say i need more money mm-hmm. but it's also really important to say 
you should pay me a competitive wage. You should pay me what everybody else is making at least. Well, and the part that sucks, as you mentioned, you've got anywhere from 100000 to a $1 million in training into these people, and now you've got to start over with a brand new person. Let's and not then, start talking about how much money it takes to train him, okay? Well, yeah, to train me. <laughs> but look at the risk to the taxpayer, taxpayer right? Because we protect taxpayers' money. Well, that investment, so if you, get, if you have a 10-year employee leave who's got numerous years of experience and, and, and knowledge, and you bring a new person in, your risk liability goes way up. Because the decision-making may not be there yet because they don't have the tenure. Mm-hmm. They don't have the, the, the time. And back to elected officials, you know, I've been the sheriff for 10 years, and I've told them, I said, you know, I've earned my resume, right? I've, I, right. I, I work nationally. I work regionally. And it's not like I'm putting myself on some pedestal, but as an executive, I expect to, to increase my salary each year just like anyone else. But we don't do that. We, we leave the elected officials out three of the last four years. We didn't take, We didn't get any money. Right, and so it's like eh, that's not really for, and it's really you got to look at the position, not necessarily the individual. Right. Look at the position. So it's anyway, not, it's, it's, and it's not a volunteer position. So. Oh, good. And plus, <laughs> I, I mean, I have the most liability of any of any elected official because I'm the sheriff. We yeah. get we get sued more than anybody. So the budget proposal says an extra twelve grand a year for every county employee. I know that was in the budget when they proposed it, and they're going to talk about that. Is that going to get through? Uh, I don't know that it'll be at 12. So the, the 12 number was a good number to use, and, and you, it's a tentative budget, so they had to have something there. So the tentative means they can, they can always come down in their budget, but they can't, go, they can't increase the budget when they go to set it. The 12 was a lot better than the three that was originally proposed. I see. And so it was a three-plus step, uh, the step system. But there was a lot of argument, and then so they said, okay, we're going to settle at 12, and now they're massaging that, right? And, and they've got a couple of really good people. The, the, the HR director and the IT director have really mm-hmm. been doing some really good work with the numbers. I saw them yesterday. And so is it going to land at 12? I don't think so. I think it's going to land uh, lower than that, but it's going to be substantial. If they accept it, it's going to be acceptable, I think, for our, our 866 employees. And, and they're going to see significant. The lower the entry level would see a lot more increase than the than the say the tenured person, which is okay. They need that. We need to get our entry level prices up. I mean, we've got people making fourteen dollars an hour. Uh, probably the, the janitorial staff twelve something an hour. I mean, that, that's not a livable wage by any means. And my deputies are making in that you know, that twenty twenty one, but it's not competitive to my other to our, our right. other entities. So yeah. we need. So I think we're going to see something. I hope we are. I I'm I'm encouraging them to really look at it. Because uh, if not, there's just people are going to go somewhere else. That's just the bottom. Line. Let's fund the police, Mike. That's all he's saying. That's a great Let's way. Fund thank the you. Fund the police. Ken County Sheriff uh, Karen Donahue, thank you for taking some time with us this morning. Fascinating stuff. Um, uh, much appreciated that you uh, come in. Oh, take I, some time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a great discussion. Nice we'll, hat. We'll take a break. <laughs> 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Our phone lines are open. You can also email Mike at KBOI.com. Send us an instant message or a fan page on Facebook, or you can text us. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Fascinating stuff this morning. That was a good conversation. You got to share yeah. and stick around a bit, didn't not, you? Not, not any idea on how much the cartel was, uh, has been, is operating here in the uh, Treasure Valley. 
it's been my experience in covering news that in every large city, the cartel is either already involved or they're coming in. Um, and well, in fact, like he said, that they've been here for decades and uh, no idea. Well, also because you've got so much area in Idaho where you can grow and get away with it because it's hard to cover the whole state of yeah. Idaho. It's a big place and you got a lot of area that just isn't covered by local police. And so you could have a grow operation, say for marijuana, and, you know, the cartel's going to fund it. And they're usually the only ones who are willing to fund it and protect it. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. At least that's, you know, the news side of me talking, Mike. John uh, McCall writes, there are more than enough idiots on the roads to support any law enforcement entity by writing citations. John, you don't want that. I don't just want them to write tickets in order to have to fund themselves. We've got a quota to fill. Seriously. Which, by fund, the way, is a myth. Fund the police. You, you, want, you want safe streets. You want good employees. You want good cops out there. Fund the police. Yeah. Well, and like you said, it's impossible to hold on to somebody when you're, you know, as he mentioned, he's, he's making, what was it, like, like twenty thirty thousand dollars $30,000 less than uh, the people that he has around him, the officers that work under him making less. Look, so. Canyon County doesn't like to increase taxes in any way, shape, or form. I'm they don't like it hey, when it hits the I'm, household, right? I'm good with that. Well, I, I, know, I don't I'm, want my taxes I'm saying but, in general, we yeah. see some type of levy or some other type of proposal come up where it's going to cost per household this much more per year. You know, it usually doesn't go over very well in Canyon County where they don't like to spend money. Yeah. And, and I get that, but you need to fund the police. Especially this, what's with what's going on with the economy right now. You know, it's, yeah, the, same, it's it. the same thing with uh, what's probably going to be passed tomorrow. It's supposed to be up in uh, vote in the uh, House tomorrow. The Inflation Reduction Act that has no chance of uh, reducing inflation, uh, also no chance of not raising your taxes no matter who you are. It's definitely going to raise taxes on everybody, according yeah. to the CBO, says that it's, you know, bipartisan study is done that this is going to raise taxes in almost every income bracket, um, and it's probably going to get passed tomorrow. Um, it's just weird with what's going on with inflation. You have inflation going on and then raising taxes, which just seems like a really bad thing, but it's going to happen. Mm, there's the a chance you, 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 you want to change it got to go to the polls in november if you're not happy about it got to go to the polls in november that's that's what elections are for if you like what's going on you, you vote for the people that keep doing what they're doing if you don't like what they're doing then you vote for somebody Can't else if you don't vote thank you rick that's very 100 percent true too 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, we'll go to break here. Our phone lines are open, and since they are open right now, I have a chance to give away these tickets. You've been uh, sitting around all morning going, Casper, when are you going to do this? When are you going to give away the tickets to Thomas Red? I'm just sitting here waiting. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Thomas Rhett will be here, Idaho Ford Center. Ford Idaho Center, October 6th. We've got a pair of tickets for you if you're caller number 6 right now. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. Remember House Bill 666? The one that would put librarians on the legal hook if someone, a child, got their hands on harmful material? Well, it passed Idaho's House in March, but ultimately stalled in the Senate. It then took five tries to pass a budget for the Idaho Commission on Libraries based on a false red flag raised by Republican lawmakers about pornography being in our libraries. 
dragging the legislative session into the wee hours of one of the last days. Then in May, there was the book ban at Nampa School District Library, sparked by just one parent complaint. And now sites are set on the Meridian Library District, a di direction being driven by a conservative group who call themselves the Idaho Liberty Dogs. And they are naming books on shelves that are supposedly indoctrinating children. Over the last few library board meetings, board chair Megan Larson says a group of community members claim pornography and indoctrination can be found at the library. These are the same complaints that public libraries are receiving around the country. The complaints align with this flyer shared by the conservative activist group, the Idaho Liberty Dogs. The flyer calls libraries, quote, grooming locations to indoctrinate young children and teenagers into the LGBTQ lifestyle. I find it nonsensical. Yes, there are materials in the library that have LGBTQ content because we're responding to what our community is interested in. Not every community member, but certainly our community is interested in a diverse and inclusive collection, and we provide that here at the library. So what are these books? The flyer shared by the Liberty Dogs lists five titles. Gender queer, sex is a funny word, two boys kissing, big hard sex criminals, and Captain Underpants. I admit I have not read any of those books. Um, I don't, as far as I know, I don't think my kids have read You've any of those books. probably seen Captain Underpants. Captain though. Underpants was turned into a Disney movie for yeah. crying I mean, I'm not loud. saying you watch the movie, but you know that it's out there. You, you understand they, that it's a Disney movie, yeah. and Disney doesn't exactly turn out that kind of X-rated content. And the book is uh, uh, described by the librarian as, as nonsensical. Um. It's lowbrow humor often enjoyed by middle school age boys. Do they have problems? I'm talking to Liberty Dogs with the term underpants. Do they not want underpants as a word in the libraries? Um, this didn't even talk about, I, I didn't realize that Centennial High School also had a couple of books that were banned earlier this year that will not be available. Um, the uh, Gina Marker has a 14-year librarian at Centennial High School um, and she had a couple of books, Gender Queer, a memoir by uh, Maya Kobabi, and this book is Gay by Juno Dawson, that she said that an LGBT, uh, LGBTQ teen, um, she gave to and asked about it, and she was deeply appreciated. But this school year, she won't have the same opportunity because those titles are now forbidden on the Centennial campus. Mm -hmm. I, I understand a little bit more. I'm still not in favor of of one particular group being able to say we don't want these in our in our school library. I guess I I get it a little bit more when it comes to schools being age appropriate. Having certain materials that may be all right, we need to get together and decide as a school board, as teachers, as administrators, maybe even students and parents decide is this you know appropriate for a 10 and under year old or should we move this to a high school library or whatever? Um, the thing going on with the Meridian Library is this this is a public library that everybody goes to, not just children. All the more reason to, you know, keep track of what they have and, and don't have, Mike. I don't have everybody a, goes in there. I don't have a problem keeping track of it. Why do you and I, I'm saying specifically, I'm putting this out in general, why do you as the group that says this is inappropriate, get to decide what I get to and don't get to read. Because if you ban this book from the library, that means I, as an adult, even can't go in and read it. I get it. You don't like it that kids are going to have a chance to read it. But again, I'll ask the same question. Why do you get to be the 
named authority on what my kids read. Because Why can't you it's just decide what you and don't read? Filth, Mike. Smut and filth. According to you. Why do you get to decide what I feel is smut? I'm just having filth? fun making no, I arguments no, no, over and there. I, I, I don't and I feel appreciate that way it because, at all. because there are people that feel the same way as you do, Rick. Correct. So I appreciate you taking that, that taking that stance. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to throw throw some ideas out there. It's, you know, smut and filth. Just fun to say. I on get the radio. to decide what smut and filth, and I want that smut and filth removed from a public library being paid for by tax dollars. That that's the question that I that I have here. And I, don't get me wrong, I'm not in favor of smut and, and filth. I don't know what the definition of smut and filth. It's like uh, I don't know. I can't describe pornography, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, I like to. You ever watch the movie? What was it? Uh, the corn, the, the baseball field in the corn. Oh yeah, field of dreams. Field of dreams. Thank yeah. you very much. And he goes to the meeting with his wife, and the mm-hmm. lady is trying to <laughs> get certain things taken out of the library because it's smut yeah. and filth. That's where I got that. That's yeah. what I was trying to say. I made a long story out of nothing. Sorry. By the way, I'm glad you brought up Field of Dreams. We haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. $20 per person. Yeah, good mm-hmm. luck. You can find tickets for tonight's game, $20 a person. Uh, Field of Dreams game is happening tonight again. Second All year, people will come, Ray. Sa- oh, place is already sold out, even though the teams suck. Cincinnati is taking on Chicago. They'll wear, wear their flash, uh, their, uh, what do you call it? Not flashback Throwbacks. uniforms. Throwback uniforms. Throwback unis. See, we're helping each other. Um, so that game... Final one for a little while because they're going to uh, redo the stands and uh, build some permanent stands after this year's game. So it's probably not going to happen in 2023. Uh, but you remember last year's game, don't you? Oh, it was a walk-off homer for the White Sox. Five home runs hit in the last inning. The lead changes back and forth. Maybe the best game ever. And then, like you said, the walk-off home run that was hit into the corn. And believe it or not, when it landed... It went into the corn. It disappeared, just like in the movie. That's what happens. So anyway, <laughs> that uh, I know that there's a football game on tonight. Tonight, yeah. But I, guess, guess what? I won't Pre-season be watching. We, I, I will be watching the Field of Dreams game, even though it's Cincinnati. I'm with you. And, and Chicago Cubbies, um, two teams that aren't. You got going other things to do. I guess. anywhere, but I'm I'm definitely going to be watching it. It's pretty. It's pretty magical. Um, so I wanted to bring that up because that is happening tonight. Jim and uh, Eagle, good morning. Thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning to you too. Um, just I don't know much about those books that you're talking about, but I did hear an interview on NPR with the author of one of those books, of Sex is a Funny Word, Corey Silverberg. Mm-hmm. His qualifications, and going to his website, his qualifications are that he works at a dirty bookstore, <laughs> works at a sex shop and his father was a sex educator and he himself is a non-specific gendered uh bisexual transgendered who believes that sex should be only used for pleasure according to his interview i mean taking the words right from his mouth right not only used but that the primary source should be 
pleasure and, and his books are pretty much designed to teach people how to pleasure themselves and other people. That's what his take on sex education is. And that came from his own mouth. You can look that up on uh, Fresh Air on NPR. It's on their blog. You can listen to the interview and get your take for yourself. I mean, that's what his goal is. What would be the primary uh, use of sexual activity? Well, he, in his own words, his book. Well, I was asking you. I'm asking you. Oh, well. Well, my opinion has nothing to do with the subject. I mean, I'm I'm talking about the books that you're talking about here, and the guy that was the author of them, and what he said his goal was. So, I see. Goal. So, so, question for you, just to get your opinion. This is just for mm-hmm. your opinion. Um, do you have a problem with me reading that book? I don't have a problem with you reading anything. I could care less what anybody over the adult age, what the age of consent reads. I just don't want. I don't think that children need to be sexualized before they're like five years old. And that was what this guy was talking about. Right. This stuff no, and, I, and, and I get that, but you just mm-hmm. said that you don't you have a and problem I'm, with what I read. So, but if you ban right, it and, and don't allow it in the libraries, how, you know, then no, no, you're no, taking no. away my right to read it. Right? Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up that. No time that I say the book should be banned. Okay. I was I, sorry about, about the that. Author. <laughs> I was trying to give you some background on what the guy's goal is. So that you could understand what Quit attacking the guy, Mike. Author, <laughs> what that particular author was, what his, what his, where his background is. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So he is not, he is not an educator. Uh, and, and as far as biology goes, no concern. He has no concern about biology or the, you know, what, you know, any of that. He was all about. You know, sex should be fun for everybody, and here's how to have fun with yourself and your uh, and your friends. That was his take on it. Got it. And I haven't read the okay. book either. I don't know anything about the book. I don't know anything about any of the books. What's the book mentioned. title? What's That's the, th- the one that was uh, Sex is a Funny Word. That was the, the name of it. His name is Corey Silverman, and you can look him up. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying the guy should be tarred and feathered, but I, I'd like people to understand what the what is the incentive that some of these, well, you know, what's the initiative behind some of this, this stuff? Probably to make money. Well, right? I don't know. That guy yeah. seemed to be pretty weird um, to me. Just listening to it. Eh. So, so question for you. Do you think books should be banned in public libraries? Uh, that's a hard question because, you know, do you want, um, do you want anything in the library? Anything as uh, I mean, anything? I mean, to to read? Yeah, I mean for anybody to read anything. Um, I don't care what anybody else does. Um, mm-hmm. I, I care about you know since it is public money paid with tax dollars that I pay in. It's like I, I I'd like the right to be able to read what I want to read without having somebody so saying are, no, this is smut. You can't read this. Okay, so what about what about books that teach people how to make bombs? Don't have to go to the library for that. You can get that on the internet. No, yeah. but, but that's not your question. The question is, should it be in the library? Let me read uh, from, where is this? This is from Amazon. Amazon mm-hmm. sells the book, Sex mm-hmm. is a Funny Word. All right. It is, uh, you know, it's basically cartoons. And, um, yeah, it does mention uh, Corey Silverberg as the author. I want to read mm-hmm. to you the five-star review 
that it received from a, a woman named Susanna Luna. Luna, excuse me. It says, my nine-year-old son was molested by a family member over the span of a few months. Absolutely devastating for me. One of my fears is that he would turn around and offend to get someone else and continue the cycle. I try to have an open dialogue with my kiddos. I want them to feel comfortable talking about anything with me. However, I wasn't raised that way and struggle knowing how to say things in the right way. Therapy wasn't much help. He acts fine, so the therapist didn't really do much and decided he didn't need regular visits after a few months. This book was, in capitals, amazing. It's able to mm-hmm. describe things in a very perfect way, exactly like I wish I knew how to say. We sat down and read it together. He listened very quietly and would ask questions from time to time. There are questions at the end of each chapter that encouraged conversations and thought. It covers all areas of sex, love, sexuality, and uh, and I would recommend this book to everyone in capitals looking for a way to talk to their kids about this awkward but necessary subject. My son is 11 now, but I'm paraphrasing here. I've also read it to his younger mm-hmm. brother, who is now nine. I read it with each boy separately so they would feel free to ask whatever they wanted. Thank you to the authors. Thank you, in caps. Mm-hmm. This was really helpful for my sons to clear up any confusion. Anyway, that's a review on this book from Amazon from the United States. Susanna Luna uh, put out on August 30th, 2017. Jim, thank you for the call. We're up against uh, yeah, uh, a break here, but appreciate appreciate the thoughts. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We've got one more segment on the way. If you want to weigh in, here's your final chance. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. What is the world coming to? You're gonna If you're going to look up a, and see smut and, and porn... You should, you should have to do it like I did. Find it in your dad's pickup truck or underneath the, the, the bed. Shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to go to the public library and find it. Oh, Mike. That's funny. Hey, got a big um, announcement. Yes? Maybe you knew this already. Governor Brad Little will be on with Nate Shellman today at 3 p.m. Starting right at 3 o'clock straight up. That's what I understand. Right. 3 o'clock, Governor been, Nate Shellman. It's been a little while since the governor's been on not, uh, KBOI. Not Governor Nate Shellman, the yeah. governor with oh, yeah. Nate Shellman. Sorry. Straighten up. Oh, that so. could be crazy. All right, so Governor Brad Little, 3 o'clock this afternoon, Nate Shellman show. Uh, Carl and Boise, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Uh, I just wanted to make a point first off. Um, you know, like with PBS, public broadcasts, whatever, uh, we don't get to pick their anchors and we don't get to pick their content. And in fact, it's far less liberal. So uh, I don't agree with funding uh, public broadcasting. I also don't agree with public funds being used for the library because for one, I mean, remember the $30 million mayor uh, got voted out for just such a thing. And the reason why is, one, everybody already has a library on their cell phone. Uh, they can get a book or anything digitally in seconds, and they can get whatever they want anytime they want. Secondly, there are already 
um, bookstores for porn and smut. I don't want my kid walking in to be able to see that. Secondly, I don't want them to be able to learn how to make meth from home. Uh, those kind of books or bombs or anything that's destructive towards kids. I don't want them to learn how to roll their own cigarettes or anything like that. I just don't think we should have public funding for libraries because this is what we're going to start doing. We're going to start influencing people that shouldn't be influenced. And so just get out of all of it. That's my answer. So, and I, and I get what you're saying, but, you know, as far as a public library, shouldn't I, as an adult, be able to go in and learn how to roll a cigarette if I wanted to? No. Really? No, you shouldn't. Why, why no, is that? Just like, well, just like uh, you as a, uh, an adult, uh, not with my funds, because you see... Uh, no, but, they're, but they're also my funds. So, then let's, let's, uh, let's decide what is going to go in and what isn't. I mean... To me, I would rather just pull my funds if that's. Oh man, I wish we could talk. I wish we could talk to you more. We're done. We can't stick around any longer. Thank you for the call. All right, see you tomorrow. We're done.